You are listening to the New Vision Church Podcast, a community to belong, be loved, and believe. Good morning, New Vision, and Merry Christmas. I'm trusting that you're having a great time with your families this morning and uh, uh, that you've got everything that you were hoping for uh, for Christmas. And if you didn't, I'm sorry. But uh, I want to encourage you today uh, on this Christmas Day to just take a little bit of time and make sure you get some time with the Lord. Part of that is in watching this video, and we do appreciate you tuning in with us. But um, I also want to encourage you to maybe get some just alone time with you and God uh, today and, and make sure that you spend some time in worship. Um, you know, we wanted to share a little message with you on Christmas because, well, that's what Christmas is all about. It's about Jesus, right? And um, I want you to, to understand that uh, as the church, it's important for us to take the time to remember what something like Christmas is all about. Uh, today you can see that I'm recording inside of a barn, and uh, it's because it's a place like this that the first Christmas actually happened. Um, and so we thought it would be kind of cool to record in a barn today to give you a, a visual reminder of this is where it all started. Well, kind of all started. Um, as we've talked about in this series, Twas Christmas, that the plan of God actually began before the world began. And then there was all these prophecies that were given. And then there was this, this uh, unique time of Jesus in his mother's womb. And then we are here now celebrating on Christmas Day, the day that Jesus Christ was born. A barn is not an ideal place for that to happen as you can probably imagine, much less for the King of Kings or the Lord of Lords, right? But how does Jesus end up being born in a place like this? And that's a great question. Let's look at this passage in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And it says, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all that inhabited the earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on the way to register for the census, each to his uh, own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David, in order to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were both there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. So we can see from this passage, there are a couple of reasons they end up in a stable, or what we would call maybe a stable or a barn. I want you to understand that the main reason they were on this path is because there was this census that was being taken, and taxes had to be collected. And so I can assure you, nobody was excited about this. And especially not Mary, who is pregnant with a child and uh, having to return back to a place in order to pay money that they would probably like to keep because they were having their firstborn child. And so Mary and Joseph had to go back to Bethlehem because that's his hometown. And this is something like a four-day trip. So you can imagine, 
Uh, some of you have been on family vacations, right, where you've been away, you know, four or five days with your family, but, but it's probably been, you know, uh, in, a, in a vehicle where you have air conditioning, you're going to a nice place, a resort, a hotel, you've got great food. This is not the case for Mary and Joseph. They're having to walk for days. Can you imagine walking for four days and being pregnant at that? This is not an easy journey. This is not, you know, some vacation trip for them. It's really, really difficult. And they're not the only ones who are traveling. There are, there are literally hundreds, if not thousands of people who are going different places, different directions. It's kind of like a Bucky's, you know. It's like there are just people everywhere. It's chaos. And... And so people are not happy that they're having to go back. They're not happy they got to pay taxes. They're not happy about all this stuff. And so you can imagine that um, the, the inns or the hotels, if you want to call them that, right, the places where people might stay overnight um, are, are full. I mean, they're maxed out. And, and there's a lot of overcrowding, especially in these smaller towns, which we know Bethlehem was. It was a small town and was now being overrun by all these people who were coming from various places and everybody's looking for a place to stay, including Mary and Joseph. But as we know from the story, there's no room for them in the inn. And even though she's pregnant, right, no one was willing to oblige them. Now, you know, you kind of think, wow, that's, that's sad, right? But, but rooms are, that's prime. Nobody's really going to give up their room. And maybe they were traveling late at night, you know, and so everybody's asleep. The innkeeper, he says, there's not a room for you. And I don't, I don't know that the innkeeper, he kind of gets this rap, right, that he's kind of a jerk. He's like, no room, there's no room for you. But I don't know that the innkeeper was like that. I think he was just stating a fact. You know, there's no, there's no room. I'm just telling you the truth. You know, there's not any other place. I don't have any vacancies. Um, in fact, providing them with a, a barn or a place to stay was maybe a very generous thing to do. And, and just kind of as an aside, you know, we don't really know if it was a barn or, uh, you know, a stable. Uh, they're in, in Jewish homes or in some Jewish homes, they have like a, an upper room or an upper story. Like, you know, we know Jesus went to the upper room and they would also have like a, a lower level where they would keep animals or maybe they would uh, store different things. And so it's very possible that when Mary and Joseph are told there's no room but they are sent to this other place that we would call a barn it's actually maybe the lower level of of a house where they would bring in animals in the evening and something like that so there could be a feeding trough there which is really what Jesus was born in um, and so you know this is this is possibly something that the innkeeper is doing as as a very generous thing and so Jesus ends up being born in this place um, and also, this is part of fulfilling prophecy, right? It's, it's not just that they happen to be going to this place. Um, this is to fulfill prophecy. In Micah chapter 5, verse number 2, we know that the Messiah is going to be born, right, in a place called Bethlehem. And so, when Mary and Joseph end up arriving in Bethlehem, and now it's time for her to give birth, this is part of fulfilling God's promise to His people. Don't you think if the innkeeper would have known that this was the Christ child, this was part of prophecy, that he would have tried to profit? 
<laughs> I think so. I mean, there's always somebody looking to make a buck or a drachma, you know? I can just imagine that people are trying to, nowadays, like everybody's trying to capitalize on Christmas. Can't you just hear the innkeeper right now saying, hey, you know, the first Christmas happened right here in this very room. The Christ child was born. And for only 500 drachmas, you can come and stay here too, right? So I think that, you know, it's very possible for us to imagine that if the innkeeper had known who this was, he probably would have been clearing everybody out. He probably would have been kicking out anybody to get the Christ child to a space and a place where he could be worshipped and celebrated. If only the innkeeper had studied the prophets, right? And so for years we've heard this, no room, no room. And sometimes we do kind of give the innkeeper a bad rap. But I want you to understand that all this is fulfilling prophecy. All of this is leading up to this point. All of these things had to happen. So Mary and Joseph have been traveling for several days, maybe upwards of 80 miles or so. I mean, it, it can be difficult for some of us to even just walk two, two miles, right? Even driving 80 miles is a challenge for some of us. But they made the best of their situation. What else can they do? I mean, they're here. She's about to give birth. They need a place. They need it now. And you know what? Something was provided for them. The room for housing... The animals was the best option. And so the baby was coming, whether they were ready or not. This was going to happen at this time. And you know, sometimes uh, we kind of fall into this trap, right? We want everything to be perfect. It's like we want to have the... Uh, there's nothing wrong with wanting things to be done well and, you know, we want to have, you know, the perfect wedding. We want to have the perfect house. We want to have the perfect job. You want to have the perfect this, the perfect that. And, and here's, you know, even Jesus. It's like, think about that. Why? Why choose to be born in a barn, in a manger, in a stable? It's like, is that the, the idea of perfection? I don't think so. I think God is trying to communicate something to us that, that in all of our attempts of seeking the perfect everything, the perfect life, right, that, that maybe we're pursuing the wrong thing. We should be pursuing Him who is perfection. And yet we're chasing after all these other things that will never be perfect instead of pursuing the one who is perfect. But the great thing about it is this, is that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to have the perfect everything. We don't have to have the perfect life. In fact, we can't have the perfect life because we are sinful. And so Jesus came for that very reason. He came because we aren't and can't be perfect. And so He shows up in a small town. He shows up in a barn, in a stable where no one would have expected Him. And He does all this. He makes this decision to show up on what we call Christmas Day to convey to us that He is willing to enter into everything that we call imperfection. Everything that we call a mess. Jesus descended into the mess of humanity to show us that He's willing to draw near to us even though we're still quite messy. Even though everything around us is messy. Romans 5.8 tells us that, that while we were still helpless, while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That Christ came and He humbled Himself. He left all the worship. He left all the glories. He left it all 
on what we call Christmas Day to come and live among us in a mess. William Barclay has a story uh, of an English monarch who would regularly, regularly disappear from his bodyguards. And so you can imagine, you know, these bodyguards are like kind of freaking out a little bit. They're like, hey, where, where is he? You know, it's like, what would happen if the Secret Service, you know, left the, the president or the president left the Secret Service? And it's like, no, you don't do that, right? Your job is to protect that person. And so here are these bodyguards, and they're like, where's, where's the monarch? Where's the monarch? And when the monarch would show back up, they would say, sir, you, you can't just leave us like that. You can't, you can't tell us, you can't not tell us where you're going. And the monarch said this. He said, how can I rule the people that I don't know? So what the monarch was doing was he was taking off his crown, he was laying aside his precious robes, and he was putting on common clothes and going out among the people so he could know what they were like. He could know what it was like to be in the city. He could know what it was like to be among those who are poor. How much more has Jesus done this very thing for us? He laid aside the glories of heaven. He laid aside his throne to come up and take up a cross. Jesus was leaving His glory in order to come and live among us. The Bible tells us in John 1.14 that the Word became flesh and He dwelt among us. Another translation from the message reads it like this, that Jesus moved into the neighborhood. That, that Jesus left everything, put on flesh and bone, put on a common, right, a common body, he looked just like everybody else. He wasn't standing out. He, he could have come as, as a reigning king, and yet he chose to come as a child in a manger. Jesus was born in a barn similar maybe to something like this, not in a castle or a palace, but he was born among the common people to show us that he loves us just as we are, even though it's a mess all around us. It's a mess all inside of us. Jesus was born into a place where there was probably more than one mess. There were probably a lot of messes. You can imagine, this is a place where animals are, and you know what? Where animals are, it's a mess. In fact, probably some of your houses right now look like a mess. You've got bows and wrapping paper boxes. You've got, you know, hopefully you bought the batteries, but you know, you've got these messes all over the place. And one, one of the things that we tend to freak out about is this, is right, we think if somebody's coming over, we gotta, we gotta make ourselves look good, right? I'm sure if we felt like Jesus was showing up in, in person, in, in the present right now, if he was gonna be at your house in five minutes, you would do a mad dash to clean up as best as you could. You might even go change your clothes. You might, right, try to put on some, put, put the Glade plug-ins in, you know, make the house smell good. You'd be shoving stuff in the trash cans, whatever. But listen, the reason we celebrate Christmas is because our God wanted to dwell among us, to show us that He really cares that he really understands what we're going through, and he wanted to have a personal experience, right, from our perspective of what it's like to live in this world, and he wants us to spend eternity with him. And so let me just say that no matter what your mess is, no matter how messy your life is, no matter 
what kind of mess you've made of yourself, whether you feel like a failure or a loser or whatever kind of label you want to give yourself, right? Christmas happened because of you, and it happened for you. Jesus Christ came to dwell among us to save us from ourselves. There wasn't any room in the nice hotel for Jesus, but Jesus was fine being born in a manger, in a stall, and He did that because He wants us to understand He simply wants to reside in our hearts. He's willing to step into our mess even as we are. And so, if you were to open your gifts this Christmas and you found one of them broken, you know what you do? I mean, you'd probably be disappointed, right? You'd probably say, hey, you know, I can't wait till that store opens up tomorrow. I'm going to be the first one in line, going to get me a new one, right? Take this back, right? Replace it with one that's going to work. Get me something, you know, that's, that's perfect. You'd want something that was all put together. But listen, we have a God who delights in us even though we're broken. He delights in us even though we're not all put together. He delights in us even though our lives are messed up. We don't have to be new and shiny. We don't have to be all perfect. In fact, He wants us to just realize that we're not any of those things. He's the only one who can fix us. He's the only one who can put our lives back together again. He's the only one who can clean up the mess. He's the only one who can fix the broken pieces. And you know what? He delights in doing those things. And so this Christmas, today, as we celebrate Christ, as we celebrate His first coming, don't let this Christmas pass you by without making some room for Him. Don't let this Christmas pass you by without making some room and taking some time to be with Him. He's made room for you. Will you make some room for Him? I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. And I hope that today, if your life is broken, listen, that's the gift that He's still willing to take. Just give Him your heart. Give Him your mess. Give Him your brokenness. And He will give you His perfection. I hope you have a Merry Christmas. I love you all, and we'll see you soon in 2023.